This is Chapter 36 of the WCBS Author Talks podcast. I'm Lisa Chernkovich. This week, we get an in-studio visit from dancer Marjorie Goodson, who's out with a new coffee table book. And then we turn our focus to man's best friend and all the reasons to love a rescue dog. Ballerina Marjorie Goodson is 55, but you wouldn't know it looking at her gorgeous and sensuous new photo book. She recently stopped by our studios to give us her thoughts on aging and to talk about her love of mayonnaise with our Pat Farnack. Uh, you're Marjorie Goodson now. Are you Marjorie Goodson cut or what? I am Marjorie you? Goodson, although I have had different last names. But now I'm back to the original Marjorie Goodson, and we're going to keep it that way. <laughs> well, you never know, though. Yeah, but I'm going to keep I'm going to keep the Goodson. Always okay. keep the Goodson. Yeah. Well, that's for yeah. uh, your late father was Mark Goodson, and yes. everybody knows Mark Goodson. Oh, uh, thank you, Pat. Yes. Thank you. remembers him and his uh, wonderful television production days. Thank you. Yes. And you... He may have had a, a way of getting people talking, and now you have a way of getting people talking as well. I cannot believe that you, you corrected me. You are 55 now, but when you shot this book, you were 54. 54, started at 51, took mm-hmm. three years to make the book. And um, yes, it's, uh, it was sort of a dream come true in a way. Um, my daughter had gone off to college, and it was sort of an opportunity for me to sort of reinvent, get back into the dancing that I'd always done. And uh, so when she went off to college, I threw myself back into the ballet world. And instead of joining a company, I thought, okay, I'll uh, do something that's a little less strenuous, but uh, not realizing how difficult it was to uh, make this book, but it was very rewarding. So very happy. I can see um, your happiness in the pages. It's called MG. <laughs> yes. Which is Marjorie My, my initials, yes. And they MG. used to call my father MG. Oh. So, and, uh, so it was kind of a little bit of a tribute to with him, too. This is so. such an artistic and physical book. Looking yes. at the photographs, they are incredible. And they're sexy. There's no doubt about it. But I read somewhere where you corrected an interviewer and you said I don't think of them as sexy per se per se that's right because I think that um, it implies an intention that you're going for sexy and I never went for sexy I think um, I went for physical I went for passionate I went for emotional I went for sensual and I think when you're trying to create art it just it comes from a much more organic place than sexy it 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 doesn't feel right to me and particularly as a dancer I'm much more concerned with what I call the body physical and that's where I I really sort of get jazzed about um the muscles the tone the the body itself and uh its function and how you it moves through space it's incredible uh I I love so many of the photos but my favorite image is it's such a simple image, but it's it says it all to me. Oh yes, it's. Uh, it, could you describe uh, theater of the mind on the radio? Of yes, course. of course. What we're looking at here, right. my favorite photo. Well, this is what they call in ballet. It's called a coupe, and it's on point. And basically, I have different positions, ballet positions throughout the book, and they're sort of like chapters or markers that really, as I use as a reminder that. Within these pictures are not just pictures that I just went out one day and took, that there's an, uh, a dancer behind this, that there's the work behind this. 
And that sort of is the reminder, the basics of ballet and the training and the hard work. And it's really just, I didn't want the book ever really to be about me or my face. I wanted it always to be about the body. As a matter of fact, I didn't even want them to put my face in it. And the photographer was like, what? You don't want to have your (laughs) face in the pictures? And I'm like, well, it's really about the body and the work. And so these are sort of reminders that I'm a dancer. And it took me years to get here. I didn't just wake up one day and say, oh, let's go out and take some photographs. So thank you. I, I happen to love that picture as well because it it does emphasize the work. It's it's beautiful. It's thank gritty. You. It's it's almost as a, a non dancer really um, looking at it, it. It's almost painful. I mean, you can see all the <laughs> hard yes. work that yes, really got into giving you that that physique. And thank and you. you really in looking at uh, these photos, it's it's almost a, an ode to the female form. Uh, I can see what you were shooting for. So <laughs> thank you, thank yeah. you. It, it really does for me. Again, it's like a reminder of just the work. And I know when I've gone to see ballets, I'm so infatuated with the the female form and the male form and and the physicality that only hard work can get you there. The muscles and the tone, and I just think it's absolutely stunning. And so um, I think I was going for that just by saying, just look at the, the work, not the, the other parts. Yeah. So what's your favorite image? Can you? I don't. Uh, I don't really Serena. have one. Really? I really don't. Um, I mean, there's some that I like more than others, but I have to tell you as a collection, I, I really love them all. They're sort of my babies. Yeah. And each one <laughs> has so many wonderful memories. Um, and um, some are more physical, some are more um character based like um i did a tribute to fossey the ones where i'm wearing the the hat and and sort of my love for jazz and broadway um so i really just they're all they're all my favorites the ones on point the mm-hmm. ones that are at the beach with uh, very little clothing on yeah. which i which there are some very funny stories about that where people would sort of drive by and see me being painted silver and you know they would sort of stop like oh well this was unexpected at the beach in the middle of the afternoon why we didn't know we were going to get this bonus so um, you're so brave though to do that i mean you're this book really lays you you. bare i guess is that a i mean there's there's nowhere to hide it's 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 so gutsy thank you well i didn't want I didn't want to cover myself necessarily in all the photographs because I felt that it was, again, about the body physical and that I felt that if I put on a, a leotard, it would almost take it into a physical fitness element as opposed to an art element. And I think the body is something to be to be admired and to be treasured and not to be covered up necessarily, particularly in, the, in art and in dance. How do you feel about the fact that it, uh, dance, it, it sort of had, the dancer has a shelf life uh, as far as performing as a dancer goes, just as sports figures have a certain shelf life. Not right. that they're put up on a shelf, but right. um, there's a finite um, life to a dancer. Yes. Uh, did you feel a certain urgency that you had to get this finished? before a certain time or wasn't it about that? Well, first, I've passed my time in, in terms of what I think dancers would say. You um, are not past your time, though. <laughs> but, but thank you. But in yeah. terms of being in a company and all of that, I mean, I'm definitely pushing the, the envelope yes. in terms of the, the age. Um, 
Um, but um, it's it's just it's hard to you know as a dancer you have to just keep keep going you know because it's uh, it's it's a difficult there is definitely an age limit that you're you're pushed up against. Well, so. I have to wonder what what you do to keep yourself looking this good. Oh my gosh! Well, let's see. My day starts with Pilates. I do a thing called gyrotonic. I train. And I take jazz class and occasional ballet class. I've had a, a knee injury. And um, so that sort of put me behind the, the wheel a little mm. bit. It's a little difficult, but um, I love it. What about your diet? My diet is very good. I um, eat pretty, pretty regularly in terms of um, healthy. I have eggs and you know cereal for breakfast and oatmeal and then off salads and no sweets. I do mm. love my wine. Don't take my wine away from me. Don't you. take my mayonnaise away from me. I'm from the South, <laughs> honey. My mother would insist that I have mayonnaise now. <laughs> but um, I think it's a religion, actually, down there. You have to have <laughs> mayonnaise. You're raised on it. But, um, no, I eat well. I try to take care of myself. I bet you don't ca- count calories, though. I don't. Mm. I don't, and I don't weigh myself. It's not about that. It really is not. It's just about feeling good. And I think that's the bottom line is feeling good and taking care of yourself um, and just, it's interesting that at this age, I'm in better shape and feeling better than I ever did in my 30s or my 40s. And for me, it was such a surprise because I really didn't know, you know, when you go in to make something like this, you just don't know where it's going to take you. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, you're like, wow, this is, this is pretty remarkable that I'm able to do this and feel as good as I can. And I think the body in many ways, if you don't abuse it, has no memory. And then if you take care of it, it is so resilient. It's it's just remarkable how it, it can is. bounce back. It's so interesting because um, Lisa told me about uh, MG and gave me this uh, this book and said you were doing your tours. Oh, and you. uh, it was the same week that I uh, read a book called Courageous Aging by Dr. Ken Druck. And I thought, isn't that interesting that these things come my way? But how do you feel about, about aging? Now you're 55. What's next, and what are you thinking going forward after producing such a well? I've got a, book. Like I've got this. another book. Oh. I have another book that I'm doing. Oh, called MG Tube. That's sort of the the place <laughs> the placeholder name. We're not sure if it it might stick. Which is um, a very different direction. It's uh, much uh, uh, more contemporary, bolder, brighter. The, this book is more um, sensual and gritty and earthy and mm-hmm. dark. And we use sand and and. And, yeah. and natural uh, things found sort of in earth. This is much more um, modern and futuristic. We use latex and plastic and I'm covered in paint and I have, I say dances, um, uh, are, um, I'm sorry, excuse me, um, paint is my dance partner, oh. which I have poured all over me. <laughs> and so there's this physicality and organic nature of um, the next book, which I really, which I really love. Well, I look forward to that. And, There's always uh, a next, which I think yes. is important to remember that it's not, um, it's not getting older. It's getting better. And I know that sounds so cliche, and I never thought I'd ever say that, but it really, it really can be if if you let it be. And so that's kind of how I feel where I'm at right now. That there always is a next. You know, you just got to jump in there. Well, you give us a whole lot of hope. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank this. you so much, This Pat. is a fabulous uh, book. It's MG. It's a coffee table type of book. Is that how you would describe it's, it? It's a coffee table book. And as someone just said to a me, um, very to heavy. It. You can lift it if you, you know, if you don't want it to sit on your coffee table. Like you can work out with it. 
But uh, yeah, I wanted something dramatic. And I think because it's a visual piece that you have to see it in, in with some size. Yes, yes, for you sure. Do. Well, thank you. It's MG. It's by Marjorie Goodson. And thank you for joining us today. Pat, thank you so much for having me. If you're curious about Pat's favorite photo, and mine too, by the way, check it out on our Twitter feed at WCBS 880 Books. According to the ASPCA, 6.5 million dogs and cats enter U.S. animal shelters every year. That's a lot of pets in need of a good home. But not everyone looking for a four-legged companion is keen on adopting a shelter dog. It's an issue Peter Zoitlin explores in his new book, Rescued. And you really do share some great stories in this book. And you also lay out that there are more than a few things that dogs can teach us. What are they? I think most importantly, they teach us to be our most compassionate selves. You know, you've seen the bumper sticker that says, uh, Lord, let me be the person that my dog thinks I am. <laughs> I think we, you know, try to live to their expectations of us. And particularly when you take a shelter dog, a dog that may have been astray or in a high-kill shelter or had been abused or abandoned or thrown away, um, so meaningful to look at them and see them safe and sound and secure and know that you literally saved their life. It just makes the experience so much deeper. I think the other important lesson they teach us is to be a little bit more in the moment in our lives. Um, you know, we're always thinking about what happened yesterday and worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. These dogs don't dwell in the past and they don't tend to contemplate the future. And I think it helps bring us into the present and to be more mindful about you know, every day and every minute of every day, especially when we're with them. Um, you know, it just takes us out of out of our problems and kind of into their world a little bit. So I'd say, um, you know, compassion, compassion and perspective are the two greatest gifts they give to us. And I think we should note that while your book focuses on rescue dogs, you by no means are trying to set up any sort of argument that people who rescue dogs are better than those who may buy them from breeders. No, I, well, people have to do what feels comfortable to them. I don't begrudge people going to a breeder and they will get a beautiful dog and it will give them a lot and they will have a you know, great time with that dog. But I would ask people to just think if they're going to get a dog to consider the fact that there are millions of dogs, beautiful, perfectly great dogs that are out there waiting for a second chance and at least give that some consideration before you buy a dog. You know, I had a little girl who I interviewed for the book and she was only eight years old and she said, you know, when you buy a dog, that dog isn't in danger. It's going to be okay. But when you rescue a dog, that dog literally might be dying or, you know, maybe put to death um, if, if you don't adopt it. And I think in very simple terms, that's the wisdom of an eight-year-old, and I, I think it's true. So I just encourage people to give some serious thought to giving a, a needy dog a second chance. And I have to say that you begin this book, and if I may say so somewhat stubbornly, pointing out you are a pet parent and that a dog's love isn't the same as a human love. But by the end of the book, you seem to have softened up a little bit. How do you feel about all that now? Well, it's interesting. I think what you're referring to is I, I was trying to figure out how to refer to myself and my wife in relation to the dog that we adopted, Albie, because I had heard so many people calling themselves, oh, your mommy, so, you know, come, come to mommy or come to daddy. And it always seemed 
a little bit odd to me. Um, I still don't refer to myself that way um, when I'm talking to our dog, but we are very much in that sort of parent-child relationship in the sense that, you know, these dogs are completely dependent on us. You know, we determine when they eat, when they go out, when they get in the car, when they go to the vet. Uh, we have a lot of control over their lives. Um, so I'm a complete softy, absolutely, when it comes to these dogs. I, I indulge them. I worry for them. Um, I feel for them when, they're, when they get hurt. Um, but I just caution people that if you are going, you know, when you refer to yourself as mommy or daddy, don't expect that the dogs are going to behave the way your children might. <laughs> they're not four-legged children. Um, they have to be allowed to be dogs. Um, they may not learn the same way that your kids do. They may chew the, you know, they may chew the blankets up. They may chew your shoes. They have accidents in the house. So don't you know, over-anthropomorphize them and, and let them live their lives as dogs because that's what they are. Peter Zoitlin, author of Rescued, you've really written a great book for dog lovers everywhere. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It was a pleasure. That's a wrap. If you like what we're doing, let us know. Email us at books at WCBS880.com. And if you haven't already, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at WCBS880books.